Hi, I'm a Wilkes. I'm a Nelson. I'm a Grop. And I'm a Spute. And we call ourselves the Wings. It's an acronym. We are just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation under His wings. Hi, everyone. How Welcome back. And we're so glad that you're joining us today as we talk about overcoming our fears with faith and hope in the Savior Jesus Christ. A perfect example of this is um, the story of the disciples and the Savior on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. They had been teaching all day and it was nighttime and they decided to go to the other side. And the story in Mark tells us that on that day when the evening had come, they said, let us go across to the other side. They left the crowd behind, got into the boat. Well, as they were rowing to the other side or going to the other side, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat in the boat so hard that even in one version, it tells us that they were in jeopardy. We know that the boat was being swamped. The Savior, though, it says, was asleep on a pillow and calm, and obviously the disciples were fearful for their lives, and they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said one to another, Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? I feel like this story holds a profound lesson um, challenging our response to fear. It's important to recognize that the fear in this story was valid. This is not a story about some irrational anxiety. (laughs) You know, you notice the language in Mark and it talks about a great windstorms and the waves were beating this boat, that the boat was filling, you know, it was filling with water and um, it was real. These were lifelong fishermen who knew the sea and they could recognize genuine danger and they were convinced here that they were going to die. This makes, to me, the contrast with Jesus all the more incredible as he, there he is, laying peacefully asleep in the middle of this storm on a cushion. Mm-hmm. And I like the way Mark paints that, you know, he, Jesus seems so serene and peaceful, but all this chaos is going on around him. I, I wonder if, if maybe the disciples viewed Jesus at that moment of you know, this guy doesn't know anything. He's not a trained <laughs> yeah, fisherman. Yeah, he's not a fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what kind of danger we're really in right here. And maybe he, they might have viewed him as being more, you know, ignorant rather than, no, he's yeah, sleeping there no, he knows peacefully what's really going on. as an enduring sign of faith, right? Yes. And his power and his purpose and his mission. They faced real danger. One they expertly understood, while their teacher seemed oblivious and out of touch. It was at that moment that Jesus awoke, and I wonder, do you think he stretched or yawned, or did he just jump right up to help them? I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Interesting to, to, you know, watch that happen, but as soon as he spoke, be still, instantly, the wind died and the sea, seas calmed, just, just at his word. Um, and so I think as we try to apply that to us, we need to ask ourselves, why are we afraid? What is it that puts fear in our hearts, and why are we afraid if we truly know this Master Jesus? 
who, who is also with us, walking with us through our storms in this life. Right. Well, I think it, it also helps us understand that there are just really legitimate fears that we all go through. I mean, we, we have times of great fear and, and I mean, look what's going on right now. Oh, I know. What do you think people are going through right now? Oh, it's, it's a horrible time right now. I mean, we've just gone through the pandemic. We're still in the midst of it. And, and now all of this other that's going on, it is very fearful. And the chaos, like what was in the boat, you know, right? he was asleep during the chaos, but they went to him. I loved how they called him teacher. Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Right now, a lot of people are fearing that, you know, they might not, they've already lost their job or that they might not get to go back to their job. They're afraid of losing their homes. They're not sure how they're going to feed their children. These are real fears going on. And I think part of that fear is that that the Savior's asleep, right? Like, why is he sleeping when, when all of this is going on in my life? I think that's a legitimate fear too. Like, why isn't he doing something about this right now in my life? Right. And yet it's, it's been interesting to hear people testify how when they have gone to him for help, help me to feed my family, they find answers or help me to find a way to supplement my income or lack of income right now until I can go back to work. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at individual lives, he is there and he is present. And right. He is yes. helping them We're through hearing, that yeah. storm. We are. Mm-hmm. We're hearing great stories about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly have a fear that I'm kind of too complacent. I don't know if that's the right word, but it just, to me, it's, you know, I have faith in God, but right now, I kind of fear that I'm personally not doing enough. Think, um, I don't think we can just just tune out or turn off or bow out of this conversation in this historical time. You know, we've we've seen it. It's an unprecedented time with this COVID nineteen, and my belief has been that God is always the answer. Christ always comes to the aid of those in need, and and now in regards to you know what's happening with Black Lives Matter, it's awakening me to the importance of faith, hope, and charity, you know, that pure love of Christ. Um, And, you know, I don't really want to be inactive, but I don't know how I'm going to manifest charity personally. Um, I know we'll get through this virus pandemic, but I'm kind of fearful how we'll get through this current pandemic of unrest. But Elder Holland gave a profound declaration that has manifest itself in real time. And this was in our general conference in April of this year. And he said, when we have conquered this COVID-19, and we will, may we be equally committed to freeing the world from the virus of hunger, freeing neighborhoods and nations from the virus of poverty. May we hope for schools where students are taught, not terrified they will be shot. And here's the big one. And for the gift of personal dignity for every child of God, unmarred by any form of racial, ethnic, or religious prejudice. Oh, Do you think that the Lord so knew what was happening? That these coming? apostles and prophets know what is Absolutely. coming? And, and I, I just, that, I, I just, couldn't believe it when I read that. I went, oh, mine, that is just, he had no mm-hmm. idea at that time. Mm-hmm. When he said that in April, where would we be right now? Today. In June. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my fear is how am I going to be equally committed to freeing the world? 
Right. You know, right. how am I going to work towards helping others, um, you know, and have that, how they can have that gift of personal dignity. And, and I guess I'm fearful that I'll just shut down emotionally and, and I won't be the instrument God knows I can be. And it's important that, yeah, we try to be the change we want to see in the world. And um, this, this issue of Black Lives Matter is something I'm passionate about and something that it means a lot to a lot of us. But for me, I have four African-American children. And so um, although this is not something we're going to talk about much today, our next podcast will deal a little bit more with that. Um, today, as we're talking about fear, the scripture that keeps going through my mind is the one in Isaiah. You know, we're told over and over throughout the scriptures to fear not. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, I love that scripture. It actually is bringing tears to my eyes. The reason I'm getting emotional is because I remember how I really needed to count on that scripture um, when my husband lost his job about five years ago. You know, we're heading into our 50s, and all of a sudden, our our life was upended. And this is, uh, I was fearful. We were sending a, a second missionary out. Um our oldest boy was serving at the time. My husband was a bishop at the time. And here we're three weeks away from sending our second son out. Uh, and then we were paying for two missionaries at the same time. I mean, this was like, what? No income. All of us said nothing. And uh, so I was the sole income. And it was terrifying. I, It was terrifying because I couldn't do, I couldn't find a job for him. This was out of my control. I had to literally turn it over to the Lord. And it was four hard years of just a lot of physical labor. And I remember time after time praying, Heavenly Father, please just give me enough strength to get through today. And please, please guide my husband to a job. And uh, so that's why that's emotional to me. Is it, it really is a fearful time when these things happen. It's just we have to remember he is there, right? Just just don't get caught up and get fearful with whatever's going on around you, whatever storm is threatening to swamp your boat, your life, your family. Look to the Lord. Don't be dismayed. Remember he is your God. He's bigger than your problems. He's going to be there to help you. He's going to be there to strengthen you. The scriptures tell us this that right there over and over. Thank you for sharing that scripture. That is powerful. That is powerful. I love it. And you know, Sometimes it's just, you know, we, we have to take, think, think about the fears that are, are weighing you down right now and where you can go with it. Maybe those, those fears are that you have a child that's going through some destructive things like drugs or alcohol, pornography, sex. Those are real life chaotic things going on in our world right now that almost everybody has to deal with. Um, and from that, that standpoint, sometimes Satan's plan looks lots better. Satan's plan was to, you know, force us all all to to do what's right. right. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. were not going to lose anybody. We're going to get everybody 
back and we'll force them. I'll tell them what they need to do. And you know, when you have children that are making those choices, sometimes it's easier to say, gosh, I just, I just want it to be this way. <laughs> Same right. plan. That looks good. <laughs> Let's just tell them how to get through these rough times in life. Um, but, you know, something that I, I have learned over time, or at least it has comforted me and has helped me to build faith is to just say, it's kind of my mantra that I, I learned that whatever they have to go through that eventually leads them back to Christ will be worth it. I can't, we can't as parents take away the journey that our own children have to go through. And we can't do that. So, so where, where do we find the peace? How do we find the peace to get through something that is a legitimate fear? Um, when our boat is being swamped. Yeah. I love the scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 68, six says, be of good cheer and do not fear for I, the Lord am with you and I will stand by you and you shall bear record of me, even Jesus Christ that I am the son of the living God, that I was, that I am, and that I am to come. I like that. Love that. Yeah, Yeah, we need to ask ourselves, you know, are we making our fears bigger than God? I I think sometimes sometimes we do. A lot of times we do. Right. Yes. But we know that our God is bigger than any challenge or fear that we are facing. And so we need to think about, are we like the disciples? Are we too focused on the fear and the darkness and the waves and the wind and the storm that's right in front of us? Or are we focused on our Savior? I kind of like the way, the example of David and Goliath. You know, we had David, who was this small man um, going up. A boy, A boy, a young (laughs) small man, yeah, exactly, going up against Goliath, who was this known, huge, experienced warrior. And he had everybody around him telling him, no. I mean, this went on for 40 days. Goliath is calling somebody out to fight him. And nobody would because everyone in the army was too scared. They knew they didn't stand a chance. But David steps in and says, I'll do it. Even though everyone around him is saying, no, there's no way, right? Mm-hmm. That you'll be able yeah. to do it. But it's really his example. David did not focus on the strength and size of Goliath or all his experience. Instead, he focused on the greatness of God and God's ability to help him. And and one thing about David is that he had already fought a lion. I mean, he had already been able to kill a lion because of God. Yes. And and had had experience with what it meant, Mm. what with how God, how big God is, right? right. He had already started having experience and comes against his I always go right to Goliath. I forget the experience he gained prior right. to that right, right. as I a boy is growing god works with us yeah right you know right like he, he gets he teaches us, us he gets us little bit by little bit and mm-hmm. we know we've gotten through that you can get through this you remember can. yep remember remember yep and so david conquered his fear as well as goliath right i right. think having those previous experiences probably helped him learn how to deal with mm-hmm. that fear mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. to do how to express faith you know, in the face of fear. Right. Right. I also love this story about Esther. You know, he, she was told that her people were going to be destroyed. And in order for her to go and talk to the king, she knew that she would be, wouldn't be allowed to talk to him. And 
Yeah, and she found she'd out be killed like the <laughs> last one. Previous wives <laughs> right. that they were killed if they went and came to the king before and so he, before he, he asked them or summoned them right? to him. Yeah. Yes, and so I loved how she fasted and had her people fast for three days so that she would be able to conquer her fear of going to see the king and be able to have the faith to do what she needed right. to do. And I'm wondering, you know, she honestly had probably had no idea what he was going to say. Mm-mm. Right. I'm, obviously. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, right. but I have faith. I'm going to do this. I know the Lord will be with me. I know there is going to be a miracle. Right. And I, I think that's awesome. And, in, and her experience is such that she was guided through the faith and the testimony and the fasting of those people around her. And I think it's interesting that she did it for the love of her people. Mm, it true. wasn't focused on just her. Absolutely. Sure. Right. I know. I think about Alma in the Book of Mormon, and he, oh, he just had such a great desire to share the gospel. And he was in the city of Ammonihah, and he was testifying, and he was trying to, to share the gospel with these people. And they- That were really hard. Oh, gosh, they were. And they spit on him, and they eventually cast him out of his of their city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I just think of the anguish he felt because he wanted them to know of Christ, but they wouldn't listen. And um, and I'm sure as he's cast out and he's wandering, I don't know how long. It doesn't say. It just says mm-hmm. that the the angel of the Lord um, came to him, and he said, "I was sent to command him." Um, you know, he uh, the angel was sent to command Alma to go back and to preach. Um, to the people, but you know, what hit me was first, this angel, um, reminded Alma of his personal strength and his testimony and his goodness. And he, and it says in the scriptures, blessed art thou Alma, therefore lift up thy head and rejoice for thou hast great cause to rejoice for thou hast been faithful in keeping the commandments of God. And then it says that Alma speedily went back to the city and, um, and he, I'm sure he faced, you know, fear that he'd have more persecution. Well, and these were these were really wicked. This is a very wicked, wicked city. These were Ammonihah. these were bloodthirsty. Yeah, these were bloodthirsty people. They yeah. they were, they were very wicked. So, but I think it's awesome that God sent him strength, and through the angel and the angels mm-hmm. reminding him of his goodness and his heart, and this renewed his faith in himself and in God's power, and he did turn, and, and there were so many amazing things that happened because of that faith. That And, and faith takes practice. Yeah, You work mm-hmm. on that faith, you you go with that faith, and, and step towards the light. And I think something you can see in that is, is that he had an angel building him up. Can mm-hmm. we be that angel in oh, other people's like lives? You know, building them up, helping them, helping those that have have fears to conquer those fears. Maybe we've gone through similar things and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we're just going to be a listening ear too mm-hmm. and just let them know they're not alone. I'm mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me. To think about how important, how, how much the prophet keeps telling us. I know we brought this up. I bring this up all the time, but it, to me, it's just such an epiphany every day of how the prophet is telling us to listen, how important it is to learn to listen to the voice of the Lord because, you know... It, well, we're um, not all going to receive an angel. No, no we aren't. So, but it is through the voice of the Lord and the Spirit that he will remind us that we are capable mm-hmm. of the good things yes. we have done and what we can do with his help. 
And how yeah. he says, like, there is no time like now. Like, yeah. This day, this day, this day to listen to his words. Oh, Paul. Yeah. Um, and so let's think about what, what we do with fear. Sometimes we build fear up to be like a Goliath. So big. And sometimes we even build it up to be bigger than it really is. Right. I mean, can you, can you think of examples like where we just like think and think and think where something is so big? Well, it kind of reminds me of Jacob and Esau. Um, where, you know, the story of Jacob and Esau, where Jacob got the birthright instead of Esau, oh, yeah. he traded mm-hmm. his birthright. Well, then he, you know, he becomes this wealthy man. Esau becomes this wealthy man and they hadn't seen each other for years and years. And then they're going to cross, Jacob's going to cross Esau's land and he's kind of scared and his spies go out and say, okay, Esau's coming with a big army. And mm-hmm. so Jacob starts thinking about the worst case scenario, he's going to kill us. He's going to, okay, so I, now I, I've got to like send out gifts. And so he, he kind of is talks about in the scripture, how he's really Worked scared. And, and big. so he's making it really big. And eventually when Esau comes to him, he hugs him and, and, you know, yeah. they, they have this great reunion. And I, I love that because, you know, Jacob is kind of built it up to be something that's going to be awful. I think we do that with our own fears that we can, we can get them built up so much. But so if we can think about what those fears and where they come from and um, what's the worst case scenario and okay, if the worst case scenario happens, can I handle it? Absolutely. I know in in my personal life, you know, I recently had a son released from prison and oftentimes my mind would go to that place of worrying about, okay, is he ready? Is he going to make those necessary changes? If not, what are we going to be looking at? Is this and this and this going to happen again? Are we going to have to go? How's that going to affect, you know, his son? How's it going to affect us? You know, it was easy to let my mind start to wander to some of those places. And I would have to remind myself to look forward to the future in faith, not fear. I remember asking you and you were so resolved in that and your faith was so strong. And I, it's nice to, not nice to know. It was, it's good to hear that you, what am I trying to say? Well, for her to be interesting to say, I had to work through it. And I think that's the thing. We do have to work through that. So when I asked you and you'd already had an answer for me and you didn't have any fear, I was like, ah. That's so Man, great. Man, such faith. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm glad to know, not that you were fearful, but you had to work through it. I just wouldn't let myself no, go to those go places that. of fear. You can stop, you can control your thoughts, right? So yeah. anytime I'd see my mind wanting to take me that direction, which is actually the adversary just wanting me to distortion. take that di- direction. Yeah. I can stop it and say, no, oh, I love that. We, met, yeah. we made it through some yeah. really difficult times in the past. If that's what's ahead of us, the Lord will be with us to see it see us through this time as well. But instead, I'm going to look forward with faith, faith in the Lord, faith in my son, and hope and plan for the best. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we need to recognize where fear does come from. Um, It comes from down to two things, you know, fear is of the adversary and truth is from Christ. Um, what yeah. story are we telling ourselves in respect to that fear? What experience did we have to lead us to that fear? Or who modeled that fear to us mm-hmm. that we are yeah. Yeah, modeling really, that again yeah. or that we are following their model? Again, we need to recognize where the fear is coming from. Um, and I, 
at the beginning love the story of the disciples in the boat. They went straight to Jesus to help them. So, of course, that's who we need to go to when we start to fear is go to him. I love the the scripture that always comes to my mind when I feel myself going to that place of fear is found in 2 Timothy 1, 7. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That was the scripture. So when I was going through anxiety and and trying to overcome that fear, I that was my first thing I did was put scriptures all over my house and that was on my refrigerator and for for years and years and years. I love that. And it's I a good that. one. You know, um there's a general authority of our church that oh, he gave an amazing talk and I pulled something from his um, talk that he said, you know, as he's seen the storms that affect people's lives, he said, um, I have concluded that no matter what kind of storm is battering us, regardless of whether there is a solution to it or whether there is an end in sight, there is only one refuge. There is only one refuge. And it is the same for all types of storms. The single refuge provided by our Heavenly Father is our Lord Jesus Christ and his atonement. And when faced with these storms, we often experience feelings of despair or fear, you know. And he said, um, he quotes President Russell M. Nelson and said, faith is the antidote for fear. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting that we do always seem to compare those, faith versus fear. Why Why is that, you know? Yeah. Why, why, why does... Why does it? Why are they versing each yeah. other? And that's like two opponents, right? And that's how it is because only one can win. Mm. I love what Neil L. Anderson said. He said, "Fear and faith cannot coexist in our hearts at the same time." That's something we need to stamp on our fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and you know, we know this from the example of Peter trying to walk on the water when his faith was full and he was he had his eyes focused on the Savior. He was walking on the water. It was only when he saw the waves coming up and he started focusing on the waves that he started to sink. Right. And the fear took over. They couldn't coexist. He couldn't stay walking on water when he was having fear. Right. And so how do we keep walking on water? Right? Mm -hmm. Right. How do we keep our focus on? Yeah. On faith. Our eyes. Eyes on on Christ. Christ. Yeah. 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 Well, then it's all about focus, right? It is. Yeah. Um, so I think about, uh, it's also, well, I don't know. I love that when we, we were talking about Alma, who we were just talking about, um, there's a scripture that tells us that Alma was exercised with much faith. So if you think about that, makes you think of muscles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Muscles, exercise, exercising faith. So you think about how, Hard it is when you're out of shape to get into shape, how long it takes to exercise and actually get your muscles strong, right? Like, mm-hmm. what do they say? Two months to get your muscles strong, two days to get them two weak. Weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> two, weeks. two months to you get know, in shape, two weeks, two weeks to get, to get out, out of shape. Of shape. It, it doesn't take long when you, when you, when you stop exercising. And it, same thing with muscles as it is with faith. Our faith has to be exercised every single day. And keep our focus on... Jesus Christ. Right, right. I, I love a, a quote by President Nelson who said, Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and his gospel. 
It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto him in every thought, but when we do, our doubts and fears flee. Oh, I love that. Mentally rigorous, just like exercise. Yeah, <laughs> it takes effort. It does take effort. It, it does. It does. But you know, when we think about what our covenants are to him, to always remember, remember him, him, that takes effort. It takes a lot of effort. So what do we do? What do we do? I love this quote by Dieter F. Uchtdorf. There are times when we have to step into the darkness in faith confident that God will place solid ground beneath our feet once we do. You know, fear's all about the darkness. And so sometimes when we're in that darkness and in that fear, where do we go from there? Faith is taking that one step into the darkness, even when we don't know where that step might lead us. Right, and believing that the Lord will put solid ground beneath our feet. Exactly. As we take that step. Exactly. So like I said before, when I was battling my anxiety, the first, kind of the first step that I took was to um, start putting scriptures up all over my house about faith versus fear. And, and then I began pleading and fasting. And then that hope started to come as I turned to my Savior for, for healing and not, not just... Um, trying to tell myself that I didn't need to be scared. You know, I, I, I finally realized that I couldn't do it myself yeah. and I needed him. Um, and so it, it wasn't my, I, I, I think it's important to realize that once we start to have hope in our savior, the hope is in him, not in the fact that, um, bad things won't happen to me. Right. And my mm-hmm. faith isn't that bad things aren't going to happen, but my faith is that whatever happens is going to be okay because my faith is in the Savior. And I I think that's important because oftentimes we we want the Savior to fix things. You know, we just want things to not be bad anymore. Right. Right? But sometimes, you know, I mean, we wanted COVID to be over. We fasted. Mm-hmm. We fasted for an end to COVID and hoped that life could get back to normal. But what's happening Things yeah. are uh, chaos is is reigning, and that that's just something the Lord has told us was going to happen. And, and we just have to trust in His timetable, right? We, and if our focus is on Him, we can find that peace and hope in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our and to to make it to keep taking the steps forward that we need to take, right? And right. I love that that fasting is making us stronger, so that we can deal with whatever is yeah. in right. our path, right? And it's brought the world I know. together and a, and a world focus right. on Christ. I have loved the faithful stories that I've heard of people. And you just continually hear how people are turning to Christ, how they have been witnessing his hand in their lives as they go through these times. It's, it's built my faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So how, how can we build our faith to help us with these fears? Um, one talk that I listened to recently by Elder Razband called Be Not Troubled, he gave three tips, three things that we can do. Um, those three tips were first, stand in holy places, second, be not troubled, and third, trust the Lord and his promises. Yeah, what are the holy places that we can stand in? You know, our homes, our chapels, our temples. Here we can feel God's love and perfect love casteth out all fear. Absolutely. And so 
we haven't been able to stand in our chapels and we haven't been able to stand in our temples, but yet our homes, but yet our homes have become our temples and our chapels. And I, I love that. Some people's homes might not be. And so they might find it as they're driving in their car. They might find it in their special quiet spot. I know that my kids have been going on a lot of hikes and seeing the beauty mm-hmm. of God. Yes. And that has brought them such peace. And and I think those are definitely holy places. Well, right? Anywhere the, where the you temple find, is always yes. the mountain of the Lord, right? That's right. Oh, that's right. See, yeah. they know why they're going hiking. They're uh, going right? to the temple of the they're Lord. They're going to their temple. Yeah. <gasps> and I've found that um, because we're not able to go and worship in our churches and our temples right now, I've had to step up my own personal worship time, mm. my own personal time with the Lord through scripture study and prayer, because yeah. I, those first few weeks, and I think we talked about this, Connie, I felt like there was this block, like something was lacking. And I was trying to figure out why I was struggling to hear the spirit. And, and it was simply because I wasn't able to go to the temple every week, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I, we had to cut out that we had to cut a time in our life that we used to be able to, we were going to the temple mm-hmm. weekly or you we're had a schedule, right? And it was like, okay, I know I'm going to go get this. But in our own lives, we had to cut out that time in right. our lives and find it in a totally different way, but it still comes yeah. if we focus and, on and it. That's what's neat. It's neat to know that the Savior can be with yep. us like he is in the temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we, if we seek him. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. I love when you said, how can we dispel fear? We, we have to, and that next one, you know, be not troubled, mm-hmm. you know, no matter um, how much wickedness and chaos that there's in the world um, around us, that we are promised that through our daily faithfulness, we can find peace that pathis, passeth all understanding. Um, so for me, I've just been kind of like, okay. What does faithfulness look like in my life? And I had a tendency to wake up and immediately open my phone and go to the news. And now we can't. Well, I just can't do that. That is that it only excavates my fear and does not it it is not focusing me where I need to begin my day. And so I have to take that time and pour into the scriptures. If I started that way. Mm-hmm. My whole, anything else that might um, bring my eyes to another view of whatever, it it might distract, it could distract me, but it doesn't anymore. My focus is always on Christ. And um, as I read in the scriptures, I can watch how the hand of the Lord rescues people. And there are mm-hmm. so many stories of fearful times. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, as I reflect on that, I really don't know what real fear is personally. I mean, I know of fearful times and I know of unrest, but lately the awakening has come into me and I've had more empathy, um, for those who face fear daily, you know, and have I been prejudicial, you know, my life, it's had small, small moments of fearful things, but honestly, I don't really have a clue on a daily basis. Um, yeah. I think of Moroni in the Book of Mormon. Okay, he's wandering all the last part of his earthly life and how trying and terrifying that must have been. He's yeah. all by he's himself. Escaping, trying to escape death. Yeah, day by day, <laughs> year by year. You know, and for many in the world, it's decade by decade. And, and how did they hold on to their faith? Um, but faith in God has brought so many oppressed Christians through 
these times. And I kind of, I don't know, I, I hope and pray that the world won't forget Christ's power to do so now. Yeah, that's what it's all about. How, how you can find how the Lord has helped in the past, how he will continue to help us now, and that will propel us so we will um, be not troubled. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And they will remember those times and treasure those times that it brought them to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the third point of, you know, we got to learn to trust the Lord and his promises. We need to seek spirituality and learn how to set aside the worldly influences and perhaps learn to love what the Lord loves. And what does he love? He loves his commandments. He loves his commandments because he knows when we live them, we'll be happy. We'll draw closer to him. And he loves his holy houses, the sacrament, our sacred covenants that we make with him. And of course, our communication with him is important. It's something that he loves and something that we need to learn to love, to turn to him in prayer and to gain that connection with him, knowing that it is through him and through our Savior that true peace can be found and the faith that we need to face our our fears, our trials, our battles. And so that would be what what we want to kind of bring out. What what is it that you're afraid of? Um, and and then what steps can you take to is it is it backing off of social media? Is it um, reading your scriptures more? Is it praying more? Is it getting out and getting away from the the noise and chaos of of what's inside your life? Up going to the, the mountains, mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to um, those those holy places. Yeah, places. What is it that's going to be help you move from fear to faith, and then start? How can you keep exercising that faith that so that it will grow and grow stronger, and then you will be able to focus on the Savior and His atonement and His enabling power to to make your faith stronger than your fears yes you know it's really important i think i fear that people will take these these principles that are really basic and Mm -hmm. think oh it's it's not that easy you know you keep saying just go pray just read your scriptures but you know what i want to know if they're doing those things and if they're doing those things Honestly, I testify they won't have the fear that that if they just their faith will be strengthened. I just try it. Don't yeah. don't roll your eyes in doubt that, that it can be that simple because it really can. It, it's not that it's gonna take it away. I know. You'll just that. be given the strength to deal with it. Yeah. And the Lord tells us by small and simple yeah. things, great, great things, things come to pass. And watch for the miracles to happen. Right. Right. And as you're waiting and watching, experience the strength and the peace that can come through the struggle, right? He he is the source. And learning to hear his voice is what's essential to helping us change our our perspective on the situations that cause fear. I like this quote by President Nelson. Our Father knows that when we are surrounded by uncertainty and fear, what will help us the very most is to hear his Son. I know President Nelson is a prophet. 
And if he's telling me that, that what is going to help me the very most is to hear his son, then I know it is those things like prayer and scripture study. It is those simple things that is going to open up my mind and heart to the voice of the Savior, to the voice of the Spirit. And that's what can help give me guidance and direction and strength through these times. And, you know, we need to be at peace in order to hear him. And, and uh, if we're overly anxious, it makes it difficult, right, to hear his voice. So we need to do what we need to do. Figure out what it is you need to do so that you can feel that peace in your heart and in your mind. Oh, this has been so good. You know, we started this conversation talking about chaos in a boat. Um, and we all feel chaos in our lives. The disciples' fear was tangible. It's relatable to our fears. And they reached out to the Savior, even though, you know, really their relationship with the Savior was relatively new. I mean, it was under three years that they'd been um, associating with him. But they did know enough to reach out for his help. Um, and they were being tutored in faith as they saw Christ calm the sea. They saw his power. And they even exclaimed, who is this man that the waves obey him? Um, and as we are building our relationship with Christ, seeing what he can do in our lives year by year, decade by decade, we will grow in faith. Faith can overcome fear. Good. Well, we hope you've gotten some strength here. Um, from what we've said, I just feel like this has been good for me. I know that I can conquer fear. And I hope that you that have listened and our children, especially and each of you guys that we can truly, um, I love you girls. I just really do. So until next time, we hope that you will stay under his wings. <laughs>